Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. From the era that brought you names like Chamberlain, Russell, and West. The Chamberlain, he's got it. Jerry West made it from the other side of the midcourt strike. To the glory days of Magic and Kareem. And Magic Johnson is out there celebrating. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar is on the brink of an NBA all-time record. From a time where last-second shots were expected. Here comes Kobe. From way outside. Got it! Oh, man! Gets it to LeBron. For three for the win. Yes! And rings were handed out like candy. Here's Jordan. Yes! It's Duncan Dynasty with your host, Garrett Bougay, and it starts right now. Welcome to another episode of Duncan Dynasty. I'm your host, Garrett Bougay, and with me this week, I've got a very special guest. First-time guest on the program. She is a fellow Sports Business Classroom alum. She was also an intern at the NBA Summer League this past July, and uh, she's recently been putting together this great, uh, this great intel on teams called the NBA Team Snapshots. And uh, her name is Kalita Taylor. Kalita, thanks so much for coming on. Oh, thanks for having me. Really excited to talk, talk through the All-Star selections with you. Now, uh, we're... We're recording this on a Sunday afternoon, and unfortunately, Kalita, we're going to have to uh, to start off with the devastating news that uh, the NBA community uh, heard about today, and that is the passing of Kobe Bryant. And uh, I'm sure I can speak for you as well that we're both still sort of processing this this tragic news of one of the great players in the NBA at just 41 passing away. But uh, what were what were some of your first reactions and thoughts when you heard this uh, this tragic news? Yeah, um, I actually was on Twitter um, posting a snapshot, and uh, once I finished that post, I refreshed my feed and saw the initial news coming out of uh, TMZ, and I just I think I audibly, you know, gasped and was like, "Oh no!" Um, just complete shock and devastation. You know, um, I held out hope for a few minutes that. Um, TMZ would be wrong. Right. Um, they're not often wrong about that, but I was hoping. But then once it started getting um, confirmed, you know, just really devastated. And then the news about an hour or so later that um, his daughter and um, other young people and their parents were on the plane uh, just made it completely, completely devastating. Um, still processing, um, definitely praying for all the families involved. Um, from a basketball perspective, you know, at times like this, I just think about with these celebrities, the fact that, you know, a lot of them 
hold very special places in our hearts because they are a part of our story. Um, so, you know, I'm from Chicago. I was a kid in the 90s. And so a lot of my memories, family gatherings, laughter, fun, um, it, it revolves around the Bulls and, and Michael Jordan. And I'm sure for a lot of people, um, and even for me, you know, I have a lot of memories that revolve around Kobe. And so, you know, it becomes a really personal um, feeling that we have, even though we've never met him. Um, but he's, he's a part of our, our life story. Uh, and, you know, you feel bad for his family. And um, I also feel that the world lost what was coming. Um, you know, we don't know, but he just was taking retirement by the horns and doing a lot of great things, um, both by elevating women's sports and women's basketball, which I personally um, really respect him for. Um, but then also he had the, uh, I believe it was the Oscar for a short film. Dear Basketball. Yeah, yeah. And, and so he had so much cooking. And, um, you know, there's a sense of loss here uh, as well as just tragedy. Absolutely, and I loved how you put it. You know, I, th I think a lot of maybe non-sports fans wouldn't quite understand how we're feeling today, but even though, as you said, we've never met him personally, he doesn't know us. Like, we, we, given that we've watched so many of his games over the years, we have this sense that we know him, and uh, that, yeah, that he absolutely was, was a part of our lives, and, and yeah, it is just absolutely devastating news, and and I repeat uh, your your thoughts and, and prayers and condolences to the to the family and friends of of all the victims. Uh, just a just a really very sad day in the basketball community. And and yeah, the uh, the the fact that it's you know at 41 so young. You know, not only the fact that we're going to miss out on on all the things that he could have done. He he himself is going to miss out on being inducted into the Basketball Hall of Fame, which is such a shame. And uh, yeah, the the stuff even with ESPN Plus, his uh, his detail videos were, were excellent as well. They were so great, and you know, yeah, you hit on something um, that that's so you know, you think about what he wanted to achieve, and you know, we don't know, um, but there there you just imagine there were life events, of course, um, with his kids and wife, and, and just professional things that he probably had going, um, and you just your heart goes out to him that. He, that he had those things going and he wasn't able to um, see, see them happen, you know. So, yeah, just all around, um, truly, truly devastating. Yeah, the uh, again, because we're recording this on the, the day of the event, we don't fully know how the NBA is going to, to react and whether there's going to be postponed or canceled games in the, in the coming days and weeks. Uh, we're not sure, but even in, in today's game, just about an hour after the news broke, the Raptors and Spurs started their game, and they each took 24-second violations at the beginning of the game in honor of Kobe, a really nice gesture there. Um, but, uh, yeah, you know, just talking about his, uh, his legacy, you know, he's going to go down as one of the greatest of all time, five-time champion, two-time finals MVP, two-time Olympic gold medalist, 15-time All-NBA and I, I was watching uh, some of the, the NBA TV's coverage of the news and, you know, them posting the, the two portions of Kobe's career with him as number eight and as number 24. And really, he had two Hall of Fame careers in one. He really did. And, um, you know, I was watching some of the ESPN coverage, Stephen A and everyone um, jumped on there. And, you know, it's... Um, it's, it's, he's going to stand, yes, it's one of the best, but 
as you just mentioned, one of the most unique, um, you know, in what he was able to accomplish with two different championship runs, um, as well as all the other on-court. I mean, the 81-point game, the final game where he hit, was at 60? Yep. Uh, you know, there are so many moments that just are um, historical in his career, and you know, he, he will stand alone. Um, one of the best, but definitely one of a kind. Well, yeah, I'm sure there's going to be plenty more to discuss with uh, with this really sad story in the in the days and weeks to come. But uh, we uh, we will move on, even though it seems kind of silly at this point. But we did prep for uh, for a topic today, and that is to discuss our uh, NBA All Star selections. And uh, so, Kalita, let's let's start by kind of honing in on how we go about uh, selecting the players and and some of our criteria. So how much do you emphasize a player's career resume versus what they've done in this current uh, current NBA season? I'm of the thought that all-star selection should be focused on the current season and that the collection of all-star selections should be the basis for a career evaluation. So, you know, I definitely get um, the sentiment of like, hey, you know, um, you know, any given player is a great player, so of course he's an all-star. But, you know, if he's not playing that way in this particular first half of this particular season, you know, I think that, yeah, he may go down as a great player, but his resume should show a gap in his selection. I mean, kind of like you do with the All-NBA. Um, you know, no player, I, I could be wrong, I didn't check it before here, but not even Michael Jordan, I don't think, was All-NBA for every season of his whole career. Right. Um, hope I'm right about that. <laughs> Especially the Wizards years, yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, so, yes, yeah, so I'm of the thought that you take the first um, collection of games and you evaluate who's performing at the top of the league at this time. Yeah, and uh, I think your point about, uh, you know, the, the top players in the league may be getting a little extra credit, uh, it not only boosts their resume, maybe even when they don't deserve it, but I think it's important just for the fact that some of these lower-level players that don't have the great career, this is maybe their one shining moment, their one season where they really step up and play at an all-star level. And if you focus too much on you know, a, a player's full career resume, you're maybe depriving that, uh, that less skilled player of the one season, the one opportunity he has to take place in, in what should be a really fun event. Yeah, I mean, we'll get into it later, I'm sure, but the name that pops up immediately is Brandon Ingram. You know, I don't know if he's going to, if his, how his career is going to turn out, but, you know, to begin the season, he should definitely be in the conversation um, to be in the All-Star game. Absolutely. Um, so, so let, let me ask you this then, in terms of uh, if you've got two players that are, are, are pretty similar in terms of their statistics, their, their, uh, not only their counting counting stats but their advanced stats is there sort of what sort of tiebreakers do you typically use are you then going to a career trajectory to see like okay if these guys are close then I'm going to go with the more established guy yeah definitely I go with the more established guy and then if the two guys are kind of equal in that regard maybe they're both young or they're both really established then I go to team performance after and team performance not necessarily just wins and losses but more like how are they being used, how integral are they in the team performance. And here, again, I'll put a pen and maybe we can circle back to Russell Westbrook um, on this topic. But, um, 
you know, I try to think a little bit beyond just wins and losses and think about um, how they're being used and, you know, maybe one person's getting a lot more attention because he is the guy, the guy versus someone who's playing next to James Harden, um, for example, um, who may be benefiting from, from that pairing. Um, so yeah, so I'll go to career and then I'll go to team performance. Yeah, there's there's quite a few guys when when you talk about team success this season that that it makes them a bit questionable. You know, I think one of the guys that was, of course, last week, uh, last Thursday, they selected the All Star starters, and then this upcoming Thursday, which will be a day after this episode comes out, they'll announce the reserves. But Trey Young was one of the uh, the, and we'll get into this, was one of the controversial picks as a starter, despite the fact that the uh, the Hawks were doing. Uh, you know, are doing incredibly poorly from a team record standpoint, but, you know, there's only so much one player can do out there. Yeah, yeah, totally, totally. Um, yeah, and we can, I don't know if we we're going to talk about Trey Young now, but um, it was a very, I was kind of surprised to see him as a, as a starter, selected as a starter um, at first, but then I kind of dug into the numbers and I was like, oh, wow, he's, he's doing better. I think that the losses clouded my judgment a little bit about him. Yeah, the uh, the the Hawks as a as a team, you know, they came into the year without really much of a backup point guard, and then John Collins, probably the team's second best player, was suspended for 25 games. So yeah, Young has not been given, and they've also they're also playing two rookie wings in the likes of uh, of Cam Reddish and DeAndre Hunter. So not a lot of help around Young this year. And yes, we'll we'll get to him in a moment. I had one final question before we get into our picks in terms of games played what kind of uh, limit do you set on that is there a certain amount of games that a guy has to hit to uh, to be in consideration for you that's the trickiest question for me um so when you have a guy with a resume and a career uh and honestly with the performance like Kyrie Irving for example um I think his his game count right now is under 20 I believe um so you know I really struggled whether or not to put him in. I ultimately landed at yes to put um, to put him in, um, but but I definitely struggled with it because you know I do think that there's a value in performing well over the full forty to forty four games that precede the All Star game. You know, um, but but when you've got a Kyrie Irving who, de- who does have that um, career performance and who is actually performing very well in the games that he's played in, um, you know, I think that he should be considered. Yeah, I I personally kind of go for uh, you've got to play in about half of the team's games to uh, to be eligible. So I didn't consider Kyrie for that reason, but certainly he's put up. Uh, really, really great numbers while he's been out there. The one exception I would like to make, though, is can we just get Zion in this All Star game, please? Oh yeah, let's go, let's go. <laughs> I mean, wow, wow, his efficiency to start off, man, it's it's great. I mean, and, and the excitement, you know, I just can't wait until he gets his basketball legs under him again, uh, and um, you know, just hope that he stays healthy and gives us uh, a collection of, of seasons because um, he he's special. Now, I don't know how long, I'm of the camp that I'm not holding out hope for a very long career, unfortunately. Um, Right. You know, know, I hope that I'm wrong, for sure. But if he can just give us those electric collection of years, I'm really excited about him. 
Yeah, I mean, the least they can do, the least the NBA can do is put him in the skills contest or something on uh, on All Star Weekend. But uh, um, so so let's move to uh, to our our selections now, and I'll just mention the the guys that got selected as the Eastern Conference starters last week, and that includes Joel Embiid at center for the Sixers. At the forward spots, it's Giannis Antetokounmpo and Pascal Siakam. And then at the guard spots, it's Trey Young and Kemba Walker. So, Kalita, what uh, what similarities, what differences do you have with your Eastern starting lineup? So, a lot of similarities. Um, you know, I had Giannis, Embiid, and Kemba Walker for sure. Okay. Uh, back and forth a lot on Jimmy Butler versus Pascal Siakam. Um, I ultimately landed with Jimmy Butler. Um, I was very unhappy that he was not a guard. Um, so, so, so my perfect lineup would have been Siakam with Butler and Trey with Butler being a guard. But we have to deal with what we're given. So, um, so I, I did land with Jimmy over um, Siakam. I just watching the Heat. Um, you know, I, I, I think that he's having a good year. The numbers also kind of bear that out. Um, you know, he's a little bit more efficient than Siakam. But I'm not going to argue about Siakam as a starter. And then with Trey Young being um, the guard, with Jimmy not being a guard, I went back and forth among Trey Young, Beal, Simmons, and Kyrie. I ruled Kyrie out because he hadn't played enough games. And I ultimately, after I pulled the number, settled on Trey um, because he, you know, he is truly having an amazing season. I mean, he's top five in points per thirty-six. Um, you know, nine assists per thirty-six minutes. His player efficiency rating is also really high. Um, it's like a 24, you know, which is, you know, awesome. So, you know, ultimately I did settle on Trey Young as the second starting guard. Okay, so um, you might be mad at me here. I cheated a little bit and, and uh, kind of didn't go with necessarily what positions the NBA declared um, these players at. Okay, well, I revised my statement. So, so mine would be... Uh, Jimmy over Trey um, to start. Although Trey's had a great statistical season, I do ding him um, for some of the losses. And having watched some of the Hawks games, you know some of his stats are coming in uh, garbage time. Yeah, and yeah, his defense is his uh, is really bad, and, and the team's defense is bad as well. But offensively, he he makes that team pretty good offensively. And then when he's not on the floor, it is a uh, it is a dumpster fire in Atlanta. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, so um, my starting lineup, I went with Embiid, Giannis, and, and Siakam in the front court. And then in the back court, I actually didn't go with either of the two that were selected uh, by the NBA. I went with, uh, yeah, I cheated and put Jimmy Butler at a guard. And, and frankly, he does play guard on, on the Miami Heat most of the time. You know, they've got Duncan Robinson out there, but he plays off the ball. Butler has, uh, has handled a lot of the playmaking duties. Uh, so, so I've put him at the guard spot, and he's having a, a, a really solid year. And then the other guy, uh, I put Chris Middleton out there. You know, the Bucks are sitting at at forty and six right now. They're the best team in the NBA. Middleton is having a career year, shooting the ball incredibly well from from every area on the floor. And the Bucks are actually really good with Middleton out there and no Giannis on the floor, which also gave me reason to consider Middleton as a starter. I mean, I agree. I think him as a starter, but um, he was one of my first East reserves. Um, he's having a great year, and um, he's also the type of player that I am excited to see in the playoffs, because I think he has some redeeming to do. Um, he wasn't great 
great last year. Right. Um, he wasn't terrible, but he also wasn't great. So I'm excited to see if he can be the second star for them in the playoffs. Yeah, and he's had he's had kind of an up and down playoff career. You know, a couple of years ago in that seven game series loss to the Celtics, he was absolutely phenomenal. <laughs> Just lighted the the Celtics up. Um, but yeah, as you mentioned, especially in that Eastern Conference Finals, struggled at times with it with his shot. Uh, yeah, it'll be fascinating. I think if the Bucks are to to go all the way and win it this year, it's going to be the due to Middleton stepping up and and fully taking that number two role on that on that basketball team. But uh, yeah, so let's let's move now to uh, to to uh, some of your East reserves. Let's hear your first couple of guys that you would consider locks. Yeah, so going um, using the starting pool um, that I mentioned earlier with Giannis and Bede, um, uh, Jimmy, uh, Kemba, and Trey, sticking to the the uh, designations for the positions. Right. My first reserves were Siakam, Middleton. Um, and then I'll, I'll jump back to that third front court spot. But at the guards, I had um, Ben Simmons and Bradley Beal. Uh, and then going back to the third front court spot, I actually had some trouble with that. I ultimately settled on Vucevic. Um, I thought that he was the best performing Eastern center outside of Embiid. Um, but we'd definitely like to, to hear your thoughts. Excited to hear your thoughts about that. Um, the two reserves that I had were Derrick Rose and Kyrie. Um, so yeah, I'm sure we can talk a lot about those selections. <laughs> yeah, again, I, I love the uh, I love the the Derrick Rose pick. Uh, he's had a a really great run, scoring 20 plus points in a, in a in a number of games. Vucevic is having, uh, as you said, a, another really good season. You know, not quite as uh, as effective as he was last year, but still putting up near 20 points a game and over 11 rebounds. Shooting the ball uh, from three reasonably well and shooting it more from three, averaging 4.8 attempts a game. But uh, he's not quite as dominant uh, from the two-point range as he was last year. He's shooting just 48% from two, where he was near 55% last year. He also missed a little bit of time early on in the season, so I had him just out of of my all-star lineup. And, And the reason for that is I'll mention a couple of guys that I had above him. Uh, in the likes of DeMontis Sabonis and uh, Bam Adebayo. Oh, Bam Adebayo is really... Now, DeMontis Sabonis and Jason Tatum were my next front court um, selections uh, after Now, tell me about Bam Adebayo, because, uh, you know, as I, he's been really great for the Heat, for sure. Um, but as I watch their games, um, I just wonder about, you know, Yeah, I think uh, you know the fact that he's a he's a two way player. He's helping on both sides of the ball. He's been a great rebounder this year. He's uh, on offense. He's done a good job of yeah. He's definitely the the number two or three option on that team behind Butler, obviously. But uh, he he does a good job operating from the elbows and making plays. He's really developed as a passer. Uh, but to me, it's mostly on the defensive end of the floor. He is. He is so good, not only as a rim protector, but as a guy that you can throw on uh, opponent's best wing sort of score and shut them down. Uh, he's had a couple of games against Pascal Siakam where Siakam just didn't know what to do against him. He's, uh, he's really big. He's really mobile and uh, is a big reason why this Heat defense is, is as good as it is. 
yeah, that's a, that's a really interesting selection. I'm sure you have Gobert then on your Western uh, list. Yes, I do. <laughs> um, so yeah, I'll I'll mention a few more guys I had on my team. Uh, you know, the the couple of guys that were originally listed as starters in Kemba and Trey, I had them on my reserves. And then also I have Simmons, like you mentioned. Uh, he is uh, he's had a a really good season. Even though you know the 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 three point shot, the jump shot has has not come around, he's still producing at a pretty high level on both ends of the floor. Uh, and then I've got uh, Kyle Lowry, another guy that's just been very consistent for that Toronto Raptors team that that continues to win games despite missing about three or four guys from their rotation just about every night. And uh, the the final guy, which uh, you might find this to be, this is probably my most controversial pick, is I've got Gordon Hayward. Yeah, I think one of the things that might hurt him is he's only played in 28 games. He he's missed a couple of uh, he he missed a couple of stretches for various ailments. Um, but yeah, he's uh, he's doing really well. He's shooting 57 percent from two, 73 percent at the rim, 37 from three. He's also you know one of the uh, if not the best playmaker on that Celtics team. He's got a good assist percentage in the 89th percentile. And that was a reason, you know, one of the guys that I had just off my list that didn't quite make it is Jalen Brown. And uh, despite the fact that Brown's played in a little bit more games, his his assist turnover ratio is not nearly as good as Hayward's. He, uh, you know, he doesn't make his teammates any better, I don't think, even though he's he's shooting the ball well from just about every area. Yeah. Uh, if you don't mind, can we circle back to Ben Simmons? Absolutely. So, as I was doing um, the team snapshots for the 76ers, um, his true shooting percentage is is, is great, Um, especially, you know, with him kind of filling that point guard role and being the facilitator for the team. But I thought a lot about him as I was putting that together um, and about the, you know, criticisms of him not taking a three and the negative impact that that has on the scheme for the team, especially if Embiid is playing. But I just have to celebrate him because... He is selecting the shots that he wants, and he's putting it in the basket from the places on the floor that he wants to do so. And there's something kind of, um, I don't know, like it, it just it's it's like empowering. Like like he's kind of taking control of his game, and and he's so good at it. And I personally would love. I'm very interested to see how they do when Embiid comes back, but. As a basketball fan, I am turning into someone who thinks that they need to split them up. And I would love to see him have a team built around him like they did with Giannis in Milwaukee. Um, Because I think he has another level to unlock. Um, His prowess in transition and on defense. I I mean, I think he's all NBA defense. Um, So I'm big on Simmons. And uh, I I thought about him putting him as a starter, believe it or not. 
Interesting. Yeah, he uh, he ab- absolutely is a great two-way player. His defense is he's very versatile, can guard multiple positions. And, and of course, the Sixers have played that unorthodox lineup where he essentially plays point guard. Uh, but uh, my, my biggest complaint isn't even the three-point shooting with him. Uh, you mentioned he's shooting shooting the ball well from the floor, but it's also a very selective shot, uh, shot distribution. Uh, he's taking, I think, less than 12 shot attempts a game, and he's not quite good enough. He hasn't quite developed the, even though he, he shoots the ball with his left hand, I think most people realize that his, his natural shooting hand is his right hand. Uh, yeah. So he finishes really well going to his right, not nearly as well going to his left. And he hasn't developed that short mid-range game with the floaters or even just like a fall away from, from 5 to 10 feet. And if you're really going to build a, a whole offense around him, like, you know, similar to what the Bucks have done with Giannis, uh, Giannis has really developed in that 5 to 10 foot area. And that's something Simmons has, has struggled with a bit. Yeah, I would like to see him definitely develop a little bit more um, variety to his shot. But I've, I've been struck by, with a very small kind of sample size, just how effective he's able to be. Um, so we'll see if, he is, if he's able to add that to his game. I mean, you know, whether or not they need to move on from Embiid, I mean, that would be a huge step, a huge step. And, and I question whether or not they can get the right value um, for him. But uh, Simmons is the most interesting player in the league to me. Um, because I don't know quite where he's going to go from here. Um, will he add those elements, or will he just end up being a limited offensive player, although very effective at the very small sample size of things that he does? Um, so I'm, I'm going to be watching him very closely. Yeah, um, so there was one more honorable mention that I had that I, I thought we could we could discuss a little bit, and it sounds like he's not on your team either, and that is Andre Drummond. Uh Drummond is uh, putting up really impressive counting stats, uh, a little over 17 points and nearly 16 rebounds a game. Um, and, and I've got my reasons for not having Drummond on there, but I'm, I'm curious to hear your thoughts on uh, on the Detroit Center. Yeah, I mean, you know, Drummond's stats are, are, are very good and, and definitely, I think, um, should put him in the conversation to be in the All-Star game. I, uh, I, I dinged him because I just didn't, that um, he was having the type of impact on on the games that he was playing in um, that would elevate him to an all-star in my mind. Like, I can't think of games that Detroit has won because of him. I I think, when I think of Detroit's success this year, I think of Derrick Rose. Um, Yes. You know, and so I'm not going to give Detroit two all-stars. So in my (laughs) mind, I basically chose Derrick Rose. yeah, um, Drummond not uh, not efficient. Uh, his his true shooting percentage is at fifty four point nine percent, which is really poor for a center, especially one that should be living around the basket. Uh, he also doesn't take care of the basketball. He's in the eighth percentile in turnover percentage, uh, and and the Pistons are worse with him on the floor this season. Uh, he he's got a a team net rating of negative point eight, uh, and and again, despite those rebounding stats, I think historically. The, the Pistons have actually rebounded better without him on the floor, so uh, he, he kind of seems to be one of those that uh, is a bit of a hog and, and chasing rebounds as opposed to boxing out and making sure the team grabs it. Yeah, yeah, no, he's um, he's been definitely disappointing um, from that aspect, and, you know, I don't watch a 
lot of Detroit games. I have seen more than a few, and I found his defense to be lacking um, as well. I think he's got beaten in the post by other bigs um, fairly consistently. Um, so yeah, I was pretty comfortable leaving him off. So Kalita, was there any uh, any more honorable mentions for you for the East, or should we move on to the West? No, I think we can move on. I think we talked about all of the uh, all the players in the East that I had on my list. Okay, so uh, the the West starters that were announced again last week included James Harden and Luka Doncic at the uh, the guard positions, and in the front court, Kawhi Leonard, LeBron James, and Anthony Davis. I had no qualms actually with the Western Conference selection. That's that's my starting five. How about you? Uh, same here. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that, that was, I think that's that's the starting five. I think that's entirely correct. Yeah, I think the the one guy that was maybe um, maybe a bit questionable and and could have been uh, taken out by one of these reserves was Kawhi Leonard. But now the the past week or so, or a couple weeks, he's gone on this thirty point scoring run and has really taken over. Yeah, I, I don't think there's really anybody that that has a case outside of those top five. So so let's move on to some of your uh, Western reserves that are uh, in the lock category. Yeah, okay. I, I've got to say, I spent a lot of time with the West. Um, had a lot of, I think there are a lot of um, great candidates here. So um, starting with the guards, actually, um, my two reserve guards are Damian Lillard and Donovan Mitchell. Um, so Donovan Mitchell, I, I, I was very close to putting um, uh, Devin Booker um, here as well, and we, we can get to Booker um, in a minute. But um, I, had, I had those two in the, in the back court. In the front court, I had Paul George, Brandon Ingram, and Rudy Gobert. I was struggling um, about Jokic because, you know, he actually, um, when I've watched them play, uh, I felt for much of this beginning of the season that he hasn't been playing very well. Um, right. When I pulled the numbers, um, he actually is doing a little bit better than what I thought. Um, and admittedly, maybe he's picked it up in the past couple of weeks. Um, but you know, he's got a you know pretty good player efficiency rating. You know, and he's scoring, but his, his scoring is down, um, especially when you look at it per thirty six minutes. Um, so, so I, I did not put him in that first collection of reserves. The other person who's doing really well from a statistical standpoint is uh, Carl, Carl Anthony Towns. Yes. Uh, but I was, I thought that Gobert should be celebrated for his defensive performance, especially given the success of his team over Carl Anthony Towns and the struggles of his team this year. Yeah, that's that's totally fair. Uh, Minnesota has uh, has lost a bunch of games in a row here, and, and Towns has not helped on the defensive end of the floor. After it seemed like the first week or two of the season, he had he had picked up his level on that end, but that has tailed off. Uh, and and yeah, the uh, your your comments about Jokic are interesting. Yeah, it seemed like there there was uh, not only Jokic but a guy in Joe Ingles and and a couple other guys. It seemed like they had a bit of a. Uh, Rough start due to having played in the uh, in the World Cup over the summer. Maybe came in a bit sluggish, a bit out of shape, and yeah, Jokic has definitely picked it up over the last month or two. And despite his offensive struggles, you know, even when he was struggling in the early going, the Nuggets' defense was excellent, and and he was a big part of that. Uh, he's been an underrated yes. defender for for quite some time. So yeah, I my uh, my three locks were. Uh, were Jokic, Gobert, and then someone you haven't mentioned yet, Chris Paul. Really? Chris, okay. 
so yeah, let, let's talk about Chris Paul because you know he, Chris Paul is doing what I imagine he he was trying to do in other places. And I think that him being with the OKC Thunder this year has been really enlightening from just a pure basketball perspective and how he's kind of commanding that team and he's got a collection of guys with him currently who seem to be responding very well to his leadership and that's where I think you know um, it kind of went off the rails and you know with the Clippers at times with even the Rockets you know um, where he's got the reins to kind of run the game as he sees it um, and it, it's clicking very very well um, he's definitely on my short list for those last two um, open spots um, for the team. Yeah, I mean, whatever you say about Chris Paul, the guy consistently wins. Even when there was drama in L.A., he was winning with the Clippers and Houston with the drama with James Harden. They were winning basketball games. Uh, the uh, you know, and and this season, the the Thunder have gone on a great run. They've won seven of their last ten. Uh, they are they're sitting at twenty eight and nineteen. They're just a game back of Houston in sixth in the standings currently. Uh, and, you know, he's shooting the ball incredibly well from every area of the floor. He's 73% at the rim, 52% from mid-range, 38% from three. And the uh, the Thunder, you know, the on-off stats uh, shed a, a light on how impactful Paul has been. The Thunder are 13.3 points better with him on the floor this year. Yeah, he's having, he, he's, he's having a, a great season. And, you know, I, you know, especially when you think about with, with Paul, I mean, He's got a good collection of talent around him, but and Shea Gilders Alexander is just amazing, right? But he doesn't have the top, the top, the bottom talent that he's had in other places, and he's really leading them to a, a lot of team success. I mean, he's personally having a great season, but I think you also got to boost him up because of what the team's doing as well, especially because he's not really playing with another All Star or two um, on the team. Yeah, and you know I've uh, I've mentioned on this pod quite a few times that I've I've felt that Chris Paul was better than Russell Westbrook, and uh, this season is another great examination of you mentioned how how well Shea Gilgis Alexander has played, and even Dennis Schroeder has played reasonably well this year, and you know people might look at Chris Paul and say oh he's only averaging about 17 points a game. But I think his lack of usage has actually allowed some of those other those other ball handlers on that roster to to shine and excel. Yeah, yeah, it, it'll be. Um, I, I personally hope that they make the playoffs because um, I, I would I would like to see him um, in that setting uh, again and to see him perform um, on that stage and, and just to find out what 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 maybe they can do. Um, I've been surprised by their success this year, although I shouldn't have been because, like you said, he runs everywhere. So, All right, so uh, who else do you have uh, amongst your reserves? So, really tough, um, really tough collection here. So, you know, just to recap, I had um, Gobert, Paul George, Ingram, Lillard, and Mitchell. So that leaves um, Booker, Towns, Westbrook, Jokic, Chris Paul, um, just a great, great collection of players. I ultimately put Jokic in one of those open spots. Okay. Um, you know, I, I recognize the improvement over the last couple of weeks. And this is where the kind of resume or the historical performance kind of comes in. Because I'm leaning toward the beginning of the season being more of a slump than what he is. Um, and he's, he's turning it back on. And like you said, when I pulled some of the numbers, um, his defensive impact was... Uh, 
more than, than what I thought. Um, so, so I think that he, he should be uh, recognized. And then finally, um, it, it, this was really tough. Um, I actually chose Devin Booker over Westbrook. Um, yeah. You know, I know that the Suns have not had the type of team success um, that they started the season with, but but Booker is playing really well. I mean. I like to look at per 36 because it kind of standardizes against um, players that, that play less minutes versus more. But, you know, Booker's sitting at like 26 points per 36 minutes, 6.8 assists, 4.1 rebounds. And, and his defense isn't terrible. Um, but, but that, you know, his efficiency rating is great. And um, I think he bears more of a load on his team than Westbrook does playing off of heart. Um, and frankly, I find the Rockets to have been, I think they've been a little disappointing. Um, and so, you know, as it came down to it, I just thought that Booker should get the recognition. Yeah, I, I picked Booker as my last spot as well. Uh, yeah, he's uh, the, the Suns are 6.4 points better with him on the floor. Uh, you mentioned the, the counting stats. Yeah, he's shooting similar to Paul. He's shooting well from all over the floor, 70% at the rim, 47% from mid-range, 37% from three. And yeah, he's, he's a good passer. He draws fouls. Uh, and he's doing it on even a higher usage than a guy like CP3. So yeah, he he has been great, even though the defensive side of the floor still needs a lot of work. And the Suns, as a team, have that's kind of been where they've dropped off after the the decent start. Um, yeah, points for not being horrible, um, which I think he's been in the past. Um, but yeah, he's definitely not a plus um, on that on that end. Yeah, and my my other guy that I uh, that I ended up putting on, and, and we briefly mentioned him earlier a guy that uh, maybe doesn't have the track record of, of a guy like Paul George but I put Brandon Ingram in ahead of Paul George okay. and uh, part of part part of the reason involves you know Paul George has has missed some time he's only played in 26 games um, and and yeah Ingram is having one of those really terrific seasons over 25 points a game 40% from three and on over six attempts a game. He's got career highs across the board. He's made huge leaps in, in three-point shooting and free-throw shooting. Uh, so, so yeah, there is there is a question as to is this kind of a one-hit wonder of a season for him. But at the same time, again, we have these all-star games once every year. So why not reward a guy that's that's doing incredibly well? Yeah, I definitely have him on my list. So, so who are your, just to recap, who are your seven? reserves on the West. Okay, so yeah, my locks were Chris Paul, Rudy Gobert, and uh, Nikola Jokic. And then I also had Donovan Mitchell, Damian Lillard, Devin Booker, and Ingram. Okay, so we agreed on Mitchell. Um, yes. Yeah, yeah. Oh, awesome. Okay, we're, we're probably really close. You know, one, um, just to put a pin here, one name that we should have talked about in the East, um, and maybe it's because I'm a Chicago native, is uh, Zach Levine. There's been a lot of talk on you know, Chicago radio. I think Bill Simmons brought it up um, for an extended period on one of his podcasts. Um, was Zach Levine close for you, or was he just off the table? He was close. Uh, he's having a terrific offensive season. The Bulls are, are much better on the offensive end when he's out there on the floor. Uh, my, my biggest issue, again, similar to Booker, uh, and why Booker was close to not making it is the, is the defensive end. Uh, he still has way too many lapses on that side of the ball. And, uh, yeah, the Bulls are a lot better defensively when he's not out there. 
Um, and, and part of that comes down to the fact that Chris Dunn oftentimes will come in for him. But, uh, but yeah, he's, he's had an excellent offensive season, no doubt. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, for recently, he's really picked up the offensive production. I think he had like a 44-point game the other night. Uh, but I, I ended up leaving him off of the list um, because I don't think that he has elevated – he's doing a great job. And I, and I think he plays hard, and, you know, it's no slide against him. But the effect on his team, I don't think he's elevating them enough to be an all-star. So, like, they were in a lot of in-the-game situations earlier in the season where, you know, um, he was the only person who was going to get the ball. Some of his decision-making was a little rocky. Um, But, you know, I think that he's close, and I think that another year next year like this, maybe with a little bit more team success, and they have had some injuries, but um, that that might help his case. But, yeah, I was pretty comfortable leaving him off this year, but I thought it was an interesting name to bring up. Absolutely, and yeah, I think part of it too is uh, yeah, just the the disappointment of the Bulls. I expected them to be competing for the playoffs, especially given how weak the bottom of the East has been, and yet they're still way out of the race. Uh, so yeah, maybe the disappointment in terms of the the team's play as a whole has made me a little bit more down on him than I should be. But but certainly he was right there, and and he's young enough that he'll uh, you know with with health will have plenty of more opportunities. So was there any other, uh, I guess I should say, in terms of the West, there were a couple of guys. Obviously, you, you had Paul George on your team. I had him just missing, again, in large part due to the games played. Carl Anthony Towns, you, you brought him up as well. Great statistical season. Another guy, though, that has, has missed a decent amount of time and, and his team isn't playing well. Was there anybody else in the West that uh, that you were considering? No, I mean, I brought up Westbrook briefly. Um when you pull the numbers, he's having a good statistical season um, as well. But I talked about why I left him off. I think that those were all of the names, um, you know, for for me. I was actually surprised when I took a look at this, uh, preparing for this podcast. I found that the pool of options in both conferences was a little weaker um, than maybe what I thought it would be going into the season. Um, you know, games missed definitely weighs into this. Um, but there are really only a few names in the West, you know, we just mentioned, was that three or four names? You know, everyone else I was pretty comfortable um, leaving them off. Um, and on the East, I don't think I had maybe one or two that would have been close. So it's an interesting, season. It's an interesting time um, for the league. Um, I'm liking I like having all of the different teams in the mix for championship and whatnot, but I found it kind of interesting that there weren't more names, I think, in the All-Star pool this year. Yeah, it speaks to, you know, when you look at the, the standings in each conference, uh, you've got about six or seven teams that uh, appear to be, you know, really good teams that uh, you might not want to play in, in a postseason series. But then you go to, you know, eight and down, and there is a significant drop-off. And, and again, going back to the beginning, you know, I, I do value team success when, when I'm making these sorts of selections. And, and a lot of these teams were just so bad that uh, it doesn't really matter how well you were doing outside of a guy like Trey Young, who's just putting up incredible counting stats. Yep. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. But, um, but no, I mean, it'll be, uh, it'll be a fun all-star weekend, um, you know, and uh, I think that the, the league is in a, in a, good, in a good spot. Um, I'm excited for some of these young guys, Doncic and, and others, um, to see them kind of take the torch and, 
and carry it forward. You know, Giannis um, is in that mix as well. But clearly, players like LeBron, they're not done. So, you know, when it comes down to the playoffs and when it comes down to winning season, you know, I think we're in a good spot to have a, a nice mix of stars um, to, to watch. So it, it's fun. It, it's, it's been a great year. Absolutely. Now, are you uh, are you a fan of actually watching the uh, the All Star Game? I know a lot of diehard basketball fans that uh, you know think of it as more of an exhibition. Uh, but uh, yeah, has has any of the changes they made with the with the All Star Draft and and mixing up the East and West players has that made you more interested in the game uh, in the past few years? I love the All Star Draft and um, watching them select the players is so fun. But I still find the game to be uh, pretty tough to watch. Yeah. Um, you know, but, um, you know, I don't know if, if the game is necessarily for me. I mean, I remember, you know, being 12 years old and, you know, just being in awe of seeing all of my players on, my, all of my favorite players on one floor. And so I wonder if, you know, there's some younger kids out there who still just really enjoy it, you know. Um, so I'm kind of like the old guys, you know, staring at the sky, like, you know, get off my lawn about it. Um, <laughs> but um, I like the skills, I like the three-point, you know, contest, the the dunk contest, there's been some epic dunk contests over the past six, seven years. Um, so I think the weekend overall is fun, but the game itself, nah. Yeah, I'm in, I'm in total agreement with you there. Well, uh, Kalita, this was, uh, this was a lot of fun. Thanks so much for uh, coming on and taking the time. Yeah, a ton of fun. Thanks for having me. Thanks so much for listening to Duncan Dynasty. Uh, if you'd like to support the show, you can uh, you can subscribe to the program on iTunes. If you can leave a, uh, a rating and review, that would be greatly appreciated as well. Uh, the show is also now on Spotify. Uh, if you can uh, give the show a follow, again, a rating on there, uh, that uh, that really helps a lot. If uh, if you've got any uh, questions or comments or uh, or ideas for uh, for future episodes, uh, you can contact me. Uh, on Twitter, at Garrett Bouguet, and also uh, my email is g-bouguet at onu.edu. So uh, feel free to, uh, to uh, give me any of your uh, ideas. I, I love to hear from, uh, from the people listening to the program, and uh, enjoy the next week of the NBA calendar, and uh, have a great rest of your day. Leftovers. Or... The DMV. Number 97. Or. House cleaning. Or. Chumba Casino always brings the fun. Play over a hundred different games online for free from anywhere. You could redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. Live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox Internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details.